0: Hello everyone, just a real quick one. For those of you that are not connected with me on LinkedIn, you wouldn't have seen my recent announcement about the live podcast event. We've finally got it rebooked back in because we had to cancel due to COVID. It's on the 27th of October. Over 100 recruitment professionals are going to join us on the evening. There's just under 50 tickets left. It's going to be a really cool, unique networking opportunity. I booked out a really quite cool bar in Oxford Circus, the whole sort of basement of that bar. We've got a fantastic panel and we're going to be talking about the state of recruitment. What the hell have we learned in the last 18 months? And what are we going to be taking um, into next year to make sure that we absolutely smash 2022? Would love to see you there. If you want to grab your ticket, then use the link in the show notes. Uh, When I recorded this, there were 49 tickets left. I'm going to give this a real push over the last week. So confident that they will be gone very soon. I would love to see you face to face. So uh, yeah, if you fancy a a good evening of learning, connecting, meeting like-minded people, then come join us and I'll see you on the 27th. I'll let you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Recruitment Mentors podcast. My name is Hesham Mazuz. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by both Tim Davey and Tim Kaysmage, who are both the founding directors of InfraView. InfraView are a specialist cloud and IT infrastructure technology recruitment business. They both founded the company in 2016 after both working for and May and in which they both climbed the ranks to director level before deciding to set up on their own. For the last five years, they've been completely dedicated to Building the number one recruitment brand within their markets. They currently have nine people in the business, but due to continued success over the last 12-18 months, they have big plans to grow the business even further over the next five. Chaps, it's a, a pleasure
1: to have you on the pod. Good to see you. Love you to be here. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for the invite.
0: So obviously, both of you called Tim, so we've sort of agreed that Kaz, I'm going to call you Kaz. Tim David, I'm going to call you Tim. All right, just so everyone knows who I'm speaking to. So where where we like to start on this podcast is is ultimately the million pound question. And that question is Kaz, I'm going to come to you first on this to get your thoughts. So the question is, in your opinion, what Characteristics and traits do you think make up a highly successful recruitment consultant?
1: Cool. Look, first of all, thanks for coming to me first. Uh, no pressure there. <laughs> no, I, I think for me, really, over the years, I can just go on my own experience. Um, you know, I think hard work, passion. You know, love your niche. Always be learning. Remain teachable. And uh, you know, someone who's extremely hardworking. You know, I think uh, there's this myth out there that you can make a million pounds in your first year in recruitment, and it's just not true. You know, I think you know you've got to absolutely. Put the work in, put the hours in and be extremely passionate about the market that you choose to do and live and breathe it
0: yeah i love that i love love your niche i I think that's great tim what about you what would you add what comes up for you if you think of your journey the people you've worked with that have been really great
2: i mean it's all the cheesy buzzwords isn't it resilience drive motivation determination but for me it's consistency you know if you're going to do something make sure you do it consistently whether it's marketing whether it's linkedin whether it's bd whether it's resourcing you know find a process stick to it and be there do it consistently and, uh, and don't cut corners
0: Love it. So, so obviously we're going to spend quite a bit of time in this episode talking about the business journey so far. But I just want to just spend the first couple of minutes just touching on both of your careers as actual employees because you both built out successful recruitment careers before you started the interview journey. Tim, let let me come to you first. Really, I guess what what people would be interested in. Obviously, you worked for brands like S three, then we obviously went start and May. So I guess for you, Tim, and then I'll come to you, Kaz. Like, what were some of the sort of early things in your career that really helped you excel your recruitment career do you think like what did you have to learn the hard way or maybe what advice did you sort of receive early on that helped you move on your career a lot of people listen to this have aspirations to be top billers start their own companies like if we were to think about the early days and the years before Infraview what were some of the things that really helped you excel do you think and progress your career
2: yeah I mean that's a great question I mean I just think think back to my a long time ago 17 (laughs) years ago my my first year in recruitment and and, and what i did and um i I joined a company with about uh, about 15 people there was a leaderboard on the wall i wanted to be top of the leaderboard so i went and sat next to the top five people on the leaderboard and you know asked them how they did it looked at how they did it trying to try and took ideas off the, the the top five people in the room i tried to mix all of what they did throw in my own style to it and then work harder than them and then sort of pick them off one by one so I mean I think the first year it's the hardest year in recruitment isn't it because you know once, once you know what you're doing it's it's like boiling a kettle isn't it once the, once the kettle's boiling it doesn't take a lot of energy to keep it boiling whereas taking a cold kettle from ice cold to boiling that takes a lot of energy and a lot of, a, a lot of effort and I, and I sort of relate that to the first year in recruitment you know you've got to do a lot more activity in the first year you've got to you know, understand your market, build your your network. Um, you know, work harder than the person next to you to get ahead of them. So, for me, it was hard work. I was coming in at weekends. I was working evenings. Uh, I was doing whatever everyone else was doing, but doing twice as much of it. So, you know, working double smart, but double hard as well, um, and eventually, you know, overcoming and uh, rising up that leaderboard and getting to the top. So, for me, it's. I mean, the first year is just you know working smart, but working hard as well. If you work twice as hard as someone else, if it, Tim Davy who works like Tim Davy, and then Tim Davy who works twice as hard, then the guy that works twice as hard is going to do twice as much.
0: Yeah. I like, so, Kaz, let me change the question slightly. So basically, I guess what obviously people are interested in are those sort of like maybe, and you may you may go, you know, what Hisham actually, I didn't really experience these things. It was just consistency, hard work, showing up every day. But people interested in like those sort of breakthrough moments or those like aha uh-huh moments or whatever and a lot of people listen to this will have aspirations to get to that AD position get a direct within their company and, and obviously you achieved that at and May right um, and as we we're just talking obviously if you've got people sat next to you like Tim Davey who is going to work double hard as you your competitive internally as well as you are externally in, in your markets right so I guess were, were there any moments for you Kaz where you felt like maybe things clicked and you changed a certain way, maybe your mindset changed and shifted that you felt really propelled you to get to that AD position and, and then the position that you got to before you started interviewing?
1: Yeah, sure. God, I mean, look, for me, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. Nothing was ever enough for me, if I'm honest. And, and today I still suffer from that. I always want more right in in work outside of work in relationships with my kids i want everyone to be you know i I always want to have more and and when i first got into recruitment i quickly just fell in love with it i just sort of looked at you know uh, an opportunity to make money double quick and you know uh, i was taught at an early age that back to basics is key be as thorough as you possibly can be process driven but have that hunger that passion that desire to make it happen so it was kind of like i come from quite an aggressive sporting background um and it was kind of like i sort of put that sort of positivity, but aggression and hard work into recruitment. You know, um, if I'm honest, I come from a landscape gardening background when I first got into recruitment, and I was like, I didn't know anything about it. I'd never walked into an office, never worn a suit. But I kind of very quickly thought, well, you know, instead of finding two CVs, let's find four. Instead of working two jobs, let's work four jobs, right? And I was always constantly just trying to push myself and just work that little bit harder. But what was ingrained in me from an early age, my first ever boss, he was like, don't cut corners, be process- driven, you know, and 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 this is what we've sort of implemented throughout teams that myself and Tim have grown over the years. It's like, you know, yes, you can have all the passion, desire and 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 will to be successful. But if you cut corners, if you're not thorough, if you're not process driven, things are going to fall short at some point of that process throughout recruitment, right? Recruitment is not difficult. Okay. But people make it really complicated because they try and get to that end goal too quick and they miss what needs to be put into place from day one. So, look, I mean, I go back to old school profiling pre-screening. I mean, I had to sit there and profile, you know, 50 CVs a day. You know, I had to stand there on an open floor sort of four weeks into recruitment and sell that to my boss, which was pretty intimidating, but it taught me from an early age, don't miss anything you know? um, So, so, so so, yeah, it's process driven. Yeah, absolutely. You know, back to basics, don't cut corners, be process driven. Cause like Tim said earlier, you can have all the cheesy buzzwords, the hunger, the passion, desire, the drive. Yeah. And look, if you, you know, you need that in any sales job, but complement that with someone that's process driven, you know, that's thorough, you know, that, you know, doesn't want to leave anything unturned. Then uh, yeah, that's a perfect blend.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Kaz, let me come back to you something quick. And I guess you may say the same things, but basically, I think I said to you before, so I, I dropped one of your old colleagues a message, Ollie. Uh. Who basically, and he, uh, he, he was just really interested to find out. Like the question really was, like, what's Tim's journey sort of been from his mindset of going from like being a massive biller, which is what he knew you as. To then maybe changing your mindset and style, because then you had to go into more of a leadership role, and then now obviously going into being a business owner, and obviously the mindset that takes. So I guess what I just want to focus on is the as you being like a really high performing biller, right? I guess what I just want you to share with us is I'm sure you have plenty of people start and may, maybe now an in interview who they will sit down with you and go, uh, Tim, I want to be as I want to be billing what you're billing. I want to pick you to the top biller post, right? What prevents them from achieving that do you think what what are the typical stumbling blocks that means that they don't achieve that
1: yeah no absolutely i mean it's similar to what we just sort of discussed in terms of you know make sure you you know you cover the basics you're process driven utilize all the tools that are around you to be successful whether that be technology or whether that be like tim mentioned earlier well who's the best in your business right now who's earning the most amount of money who's the most successful well yeah go and speak to them pick their brains copy them And then, uh, you know, put your own spin on it, add your own personality and character and and, and be better, right? Yeah. Yeah, And I go back to nothing was ever enough for me. So, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, when our staff look at top billers, what they should be doing and what we advise them to do is go and sit with them, go and be mentored by them. I'm a big believer of you can always always remain teachable, right? I don't care if you've had one year recruitment or 20 years recruitment. You know, there is always something you can be learning from someone that has less or more experience than you. So if there's something there that that you believe that can add value to, you know, your process or your billings or your experience and get you to that point where you want to be an AD, then yeah, why would you not go to someone that's already been on that journey and prove success doing it, right? Some people don't want to be an AD though, right? Some people just want to be a monster biller. Great. You know, other people don't want to go down the track of being a leader, building a practice. Growing a division and then getting to A D. So I think it's about asking questions, being surrounded by the right people, being in a business that can support, you know, your journey and your 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 past, because you know, one hat doesn't fit all, as we all know now in recruitment. It's not like, you know, coming in, and do delivery for three months, go three sixty. That's not what recruitment's all about now. It's about utilising your strengths where you can be most passionate about, you know, hopefully making the most amount of money, but enjoying it while you develop and progress.
0: I really love the remain teachable and the fact that How long you've been in it, and that still you see that as being. So I just, I just think I think that's where sometimes people can fall short. They don't remain teachable. Tim, what about you? What comes up for you? Obviously, I'm sure you've been around high performers, people telling you that they want to be the top biller. You've been in leadership positions. Like any other stumbling blocks that come up for you that you think prevent people from achieving what they set out to, or doesn't stops them from becoming what they could be.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the cutting the corners and consistency thing again, but if that actual internal deep-rooted motivation isn't there, then are people being true to themselves and and real to themselves about actually, is that what they want? You know, it's like you speak to high-performing sports people, you know, they've had to make sacrifices, you know, to this guy yesterday, multi gold medal, Paralympian, you know, he, he wasn't going out and seeing his friends. He was, he was making priority life choices. I mean, I'm not being as dramatic as recruitment is like winning a gold medal at the Olympics. But, you know, certainly if, if someone's saying the right things, but mentally hasn't made that commitment to making that happen, because there are sacrifices you have to make. I mean, you know, if it was that straightforward, everyone would be driving Ferraris and earning millions of pounds a year. Um, But it is commitment, um, being consistent, turning up every day, not cutting corners and and being true to yourself that you actually do want what you're committed to doing and then backing that up with, you know, that that commitment and, and consistency. Okay. so final question around this
0: and then we'll go into like the business journey. Just interest, This is probably one of the most common questions that I get in my inbox from recruiters. So, so Kaz, I'll come. I'll come back to you. Mm. you should, I, I'm, I'm assuming here, but you strike me as someone that might be um, a quite disciplined person. Yep. And the most common question that I get in my inbox is like, hesham please can you ask high-performing billers what their typical day plan looked like when they was at the top of the leaderboard, smashing targets, compared to maybe what it looked like early on when they were trying to learn the ropes, making more mistakes how did you structure your day for success? Basically, that's what people want to know. This podcast is proudly partnered with VinCherry, the recruitment operating system for your front, middle and back office. So I recently recorded a podcast with James Layton from the Anderson James group, which will be out really soon. And as part of our conversation, we got into the topic of the best tools that he's invested in so far in his business journey. And guess what? VinCeri was up there and also Sourcebreaker was. But in this very short snippet, you're going to hear why James is so happy to be a Vincheri customer and look, who's better to tell you about their product and why you should be considering Vincheri as your operating system partner than their customers themselves. Here's what James had to say.
1: We implemented VinCherry right in the heat of lockdown. We decided that it was the right time. The old system that we use was clunky. I'm a real, real, real believer of VinCherry as a system. I must have recommended 20 people to VinCherry over the years because I think they're going to change the game. And I can say that wholeheartedly, having used Bullhorn and another product, I can say that VinCherry is number one in that world for a growing recruitment business because it's intuitive,
2: it's got intelligence suites, it's got everything that you probably need to... Yeah, it's a whole a operating
0: system, not just a CRM, is it? Is this the whole point? Yeah, it's,
2: yeah. it's brilliant. And they're brilliant.
1: Like, you know, LOEs and the team, there they're great. And they're always there if you need them for anything. Yeah, so so I can, I can answer that really simply. So I yeah. still have a day plan now as an owner. Okay, yeah? So I, I have a to-do list and I have a to-be list, right? So a to-do list done. To-do list, do list is and done. a to-be list. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've got a to-do list is, uh, um, you know, will be done before I leave that evening. So when I come in in the morning, yeah, God, I won't bore you the details, but I'm that annoying person that gets up at half five every single day. No, no, day, I, yeah. I want the details. Yeah.
0: People people like this shit, mate. So let, let's break down a normal day then. Let's do
1: it. All right, cool. So I get up at half five every single day without, you know, without, without any... Grumble, yeah. Uh, I get up, I pray, I, I do prayer meditation. I get myself in the zone. I have breakfast. I get down the gym. I smash the life out of it for an hour and a half. And my thinking around that is, I've started before most other people. Yeah, so I've achieved something before most other people already. You've won the day. You've won the day. I've won the day. I'm ahead of yeah. everyone, right? Yeah. I want to come first. Yeah. So whether you're a Biller, a manager, team leader, or an owner, okay, I need to know that I am far more prepared and in front of everyone else. Okay. So, you know, I've already achieved something before I've even stepped in this office. I've got my to-do list. Yeah. Straight away. And that day planner hasn't changed from when I first got shown it, printed it out and had to fill in myself what I want to do. Yeah. From quarter to nine to quarter to 12. Then I've got to have my break. And then before I start again, after my lunch break, what I want to do from quarter to two to quarter to five. And then what am I going to do from half five to seven o'clock? Okay. So, that hasn't changed. It's just got different activities now because I'm in a different role. Okay. So I'm still regiment. Yeah? I'm yeah. still disciplined. Yeah. I am I've got my to-do list. My to be list is, you know, who I want to be, how I wanna be perceived, how I wanna be as an individual, how I wanna be as a leader, how I wanna be as a manager. You know, I don't wanna well, be. Well you false write that down fake. in the morning, or you think about it or absolutely yeah you know and I work on that and if I fail at that I look at where I've failed and I look at how I want to achieve and become better at that because you know I think a lot of people have you know it's, it's, it's all very easy to put a to-do list together the hard part is to stick it right yeah it's yeah. like anything Tim mentioned a sport analogy earlier but you know what's the hardest part about going for a run I ask you that question what's the hardest part about going for a run make it doing it actually doing oh, the yeah. run putting your shoes on right Putting your shoes yeah, on, put, yeah. Putting your trainers on. You know, once you get going, you've committed, so you've got right, kind yeah, of yeah. doing it. You, you're either yeah. gonna do it, you're either gonna do it really fast or do it really slow, but you're doing it. So that's done. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the successful part is putting the actual trainers on. That's where the success comes. Once you've got to the end goal, i.e., you've tipped that line and you've beaten your record or whatever, that's just the achievement okay but you know for me you know nothing changes i am disciplined i am regiment but you know um i can be at 100 miles per hour i'm a bit crazy and a bit mad but you know uh, i've got to discipline that in a certain way so you know the like i said you know my plan hasn't changed my activities do as you know you would expect going from a super biller to then being a leader director to then being a founder right
0: okay i love the to be part i think that's awesome I think that's such a great addition. I think it's
1: important. You know, what, yeah. what, you know what, what owners or founders or, you know, leaders out there are actually looking at themselves every single day and going, who do I want to be? Yeah? How do I want to be perceived and seen? I don't want to be anyone in my office that when any of my staff, yeah, meet me outside, whether it be a social event or on a weekend, I don't I want to be exactly the same person. I want to be approachable. You know, I want to be someone that they can come over to me and ask me and talk to me about anything. You know, that's how I live and breathe my life today. I want people to actually genuinely come up to me and be able to, you know, ask me whether it be work or non-work related. Yeah, um, I think it's important.
0: I feel like I'm assuming here, but obviously that help, that shows up then in your decision-making, right? If you've got a clear idea of who Kaz wants to be, your decision-making is going to be a bit easier because you can come back to these values or whatever you want to call them on what yeah on what your decisions are.
1: Well, I think you can own what you know that you're good at and what you're not, right? I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, when me and Tim, you know, we both have the same sort of aspirations, you know, to take Infraview to be the number one sort of cloud native infrastructure technology recruitment company in the UK, but we're two completely different sort of personalities and characters. We've still got the same burning desire and passion to be the best, but, you know, we are completely different. So we got to utilise each other's strengths and weaknesses and, you know, lean and work on each other. And that was probably the hardest part. And that's probably a mm. question you got for us later yeah, on, yeah, but, you know, question, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I won't ruin that <laughs> bit
1: for
0: <of> you. <it. laughs> okay, so, and then just final point on this,
1: do you plan your to-do list the day before? Like I said, yeah, I, my to-do yeah, list I mean, is done before I walk out that evening. Yeah, all right, Okay, yeah, perfect.
0: I just want people to remember that, because I think if, if people just start doing that one thing, they can start building great habits I think for doing Listen, and, and, and
1: that is if you you know first day in recruitment or you know if you're a super biller yeah. right? you know if you stay average and like Tim said if you're not if you then become inconsistent and unregiment and undisciplined there's only one way and that's backwards right yeah if you're going to continue want to you know be better you know and, and go from a biller to a super biller to a monster biller right if you don't have that to do list and it's not set out and planned you know you're setting yourself up for a fall you know how often do we see recruit you know consultants come in here you know five to Nine, meetings at nine o'clock. They haven't had their breakfast, coffee. They don't know what they're doing. You know, we have a team meeting. What you're working today are oh, not too short. You know what? We're not here to put a KPI-driven sort of you know um, horrible environment. But look, come on. We want people to take accountability for their own actions and you know take responsible for their billings. And it starts, I believe, before they walk out that door, so they know exactly what they're coming into the next day. Yeah, I love it,
0: Tim let's go into this business journey then but as as we go into the rest of the, like how did you guys meet tell me about how how you guys meet how did that happen i don't know if we can go with the full story but uh,
2: about, about, about 21 years ago i i was going out with a girl and uh, her best friend her boyfriend was was two casemates, so we met okay three, two, our girlfriends were best mates oh wow so we, that's actually in, how you first met. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so that. how first met okay love that. Uh, then we had about eight eight years of not being in touch really, but um, stalking a little bit on LinkedIn that Tim was in recruitment. So obviously then you know we we got we got on in the in the years gone by. Followed him as a recruiter when I was at the start of May and May, and we were sort of in the founding days of sort of five or six people looking to to grow. I noticed Tim changed his LinkedIn profile as as if he was sort of teeing himself up for a, a new opportunity. So reached out at that time, and then uh, yeah, the rest is written in the stars really. Love
0: that. So. Cool so Tim like always like to start here but like what what gave you the confidence to take that step because a lot of people will talk about we'll be down the pub looking at their pay slip going I've billed 400 grand this year I got paid this much I'm doing it on my own but never actually do it right I'm sure you've met loads of people like that so what, what gave you the confidence Tim do you think you personally to, to start this journey take that first step?
2: I, mean, I think it's just uh, belief in your own ability. Just you know, may, maybe a slight bit of arrogance, but you know, deep confidence that you know you, you, you can do this. Whether you're working for someone else or for yourself, and and, and for me, I've done the same market since two thousand and four. So you know, I did that back at Madison Black, and then I went to Stott and May, and there was no, um, there was no, there was no company when I started at Stott and May. So I built the infrastructure practice there. So I'd already done it at Stott and May. And I was like, well, I've done it for and May. I've done it before. In fact, there was no infrastructure practice at Manchester Black either. So I'd I, I built that practice twice previously. So I was like, well, it's an absolute no-brainer that, with my belief in my ability to absolutely make it happen, no matter what was thrown at me, um, that it was going to work. And you know, we hadn't decided that Tim was going to join me at that point. Tim came six months later. But um, you know, it was always a an absolute no-brainer that together we were going to be a force to be reckoned with in, in this space.
0: Okay. Love it. So just to like paint a picture for people and then Kaz, I'm going to ask you that question that you mentioned. So obviously you're at where you're at now, obviously there's nine of you and I know both of you are really keen because of the journey that you've both been on in like the last 12, 18 months. You've, you've done a lot of hard work to make sure like when you're bringing people in now, you've got the infrastructure, you've got the processes to to grow this business. So just quickly to paint a picture. So as you just said there, Kaz joined you six months after you started Tim. So is it fair to say then what for the first, what two, three years, was it like a small group of you, just sort of smashing in deals? Like, is that is that what the business looked like in the first two years? Pretty
2: much first two and a half years was first six months, me in a room doing recruitment. Then Tim joined me, me and Tim in a room doing recruitment. That bit was easy. We could do recruitment. That bit's very straightforward. Yeah. So, um, in fact, our office was smaller than this meeting room that I'm sitting in at the moment. You know, the, 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 the door to the room sort of scraped off the desk once I put Tim Tim's desk in the room with me. So, yeah, that was the first two and a half years. Then we started building out some sort of delivery capability around us. Uh, and then at the start of um, 2020, we moved into this office here in Surbiton, uh, which fits 19 people and took a decision to scale up.
0: Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm really keen to go into. So, so thanks for painting that. So I guess what I'm interested in, I think probably people can gauge it. Like when I hear Tim speak, he's got a different energy about him. Kaz, when you speak, 100 miles an hour, passion, energy. Like I'm, I think obviously a lot of founders that I speak to that are solo founders definitely say when I ask them would, what would you maybe do differently they'd say uh, I think it would have been great to start this journey with someone or have someone involved right so so there's both of you after six months in Tim you obviously really bought into Kaz's ability and, and what he could add to the business so I guess Kaz to you then like how what's been the journey on both of you guys remaining aligned then on like what you wanted to achieve right so we were just saying two and a half years like you've been on your own sort of journey but since 2020 it's been a bit of a different journey so talk to me about your experience of that like how did you make sure you and Tim were going in the same direction
1: the first thing for me here is clear communication right clear line of communication between us both I mean like you know like Tim said we've known each other for years we've always got on, but it's always been going out there having a bit of a laugh we've never actually you know we worked together at Stott and May we built a practice together you know we were both very successful but we were against each other let's have it right yeah. You know, let's be totally honest. You know, he wanted to be top biller. I want to be top biller. One year I won, he won, vice versa, et cetera. So it's very different when suddenly you put two sort of strong minded, passionate, yeah, top billers that have always pretty much done it their own way. And, and it's always worked. And then suddenly you put them in a room, then it's like, right, we're now working together. Who's making that decision? Yeah. Who's getting that overall say of, you know, uh, what what we're actually ordering, what we're doing, how we're growing at what pace and stuff like that. So for me personally, you know, that was a bit of a challenge, right? For the first, you know, for the first couple of years, it's two guys sitting in a room doing exactly what they've done for many, many years, you know, doing recruitment, getting cash rich quick. But then when the business decisions comes into play, you kind of got to work out very quickly you know, who's doing what? Yeah. So I kind of sort of fall into the sales directorship role. Tim Davey falls into the operational director role, but we both do sales. We both win business. We both make money. But it's kind of like, I think personally for the first, when we realized that we wanted to grow and scale up and, you know, we moved into this new office, it was kind of like what I I think the big thing for any owners or any business starting out, when you've got two different personalities, work out who wants to do what. You know, what are your roles? Define them. Because if you don't, there's, you, you are clashing, not necessarily in a negative way, but you find yourself sort of... Slot overlapping, maybe
0: step Yeah, yeah.
1: O- o- overlapping, right? And you find two people doing one job when actually one person could be doing it better, right? Yeah. And that for us has been huge over the last 18 months since we sort of, you know, clearly defined what Davey does, what Kaz does, yeah? You know, what does Davey want to do moving forward? What does Kaz want to do moving forward? You know, because together, you know, we're together. Great. We get on. That's brilliant. You know, you know, we're, we're good mates, you know, we're both good at what we do, but you know, that doesn't scale a business, right? We've got to make decisions that allows us to, um, yeah, be interesting to the outsiders looking in. And if we don't know what we do, how can we put that across to people when they come in and go, well, where do you guys want to go? Does that make yeah, sense?
0: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. I think what, what I take from that as well, which I think is really important, is that when you've defined those roles or what you want to do and what you are doing, all of a sudden then you can both hold each other accountable and you know what you're accountable for. And and I think that, that instead of both of you being accountable or both of you being responsible for that, you can go, Well look, I'm this is what I'm in charge of, I'm gonna deliver this. And then it's that accountability piece, isn't it, on certain aspects?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And then you're both, you know, you both use, God, utilizing each other's strengths. Um, You know, if uh, identifying where one person, you know, for instance, I don't, there's certain things I just don't want to do. Could I do it? But David's just far better, and there's other things that he doesn't want to do. Could he do it? Yes. But, you know, why put someone through something that they don't want to do if someone else can do it far better and is going to enjoy it, right? You're just going to get a better result and it allows you to, you know, free up time to actually execute the stuff you're really good at and do it to your best ability, right? So that for us has been massive, you know, since we've realized exactly how we defined those roles.
0: Love that. So Tim, let's talk about 2020 then. So obviously got this office space that you're now in, which I've seen online and stuff, which looks great like just talk to me about from your perspective well I'm, I'm really excited to go into like maybe some of the key things that you've both made decisions on that you've implemented that you've invested time in that have really set you up to scale up but what Tim what changed for you personally or well, you could talk for both of you but like, anything changed mentally Like what what sparked the like you know what let, let's give this a real go in terms of growing this out of interest
2: Yeah, I mean, it started before 2020 with the plan to get into the office to to actually analyse and make a plan for what we wanted Infraview to look like moving forward. So, um, start of 2020, we moved into the office and the plan was always to to fill out this office and to grow. Whilst COVID gave us a slight hiccup, but we we still thrived through through COVID. It did give us a bit of time, I suppose, lockdowns and things like that gave us the, the, the time to look at putting some processes into place to scale up. So you know outsourcing our, our marketing, outsourcing our, fi- our finance and, uh, and, and and going to um, you know discount factoring as opposed to uh, using Solivate, um, moving to VinCherry and integrating CRMs and internal processes, putting together an onboarding and development program that Tim's put together. Um, and, and, and there's sort of the extra time that I suppose lockdowns maybe afforded us to, to put in and plans to scale. Okay, so let, let's, break,
0: let's break this down a bit if it's okay, Tim, and then Kaz, you can jump in when you want to. But I get, because I think this is what... i This is what agents shown is, like, one of the most common questions I get. So I know, I know you guys are at nine, right? But I think, obviously, we can all agree you've really done the hard yards to make sure, like, when you're at 20 people, 15 people, 19 people, like, what you've done the hard yards on is going to enable you to, for this business to be successful when you've got those people so a lot of people ask me Hisham there's there's 10 of us there's five of us and like what what advice can you get from people to help me go from five to 15 to 20 etc so let's just break this down a bit Tim because you said a few things there right so I guess first question I have to uncover some of the key areas so what would you say have been the most important areas that you've invested time, resources, money into that you feel has given both of you confidence to go, you know what, if we do have get another 10 people in here over the next 12 months, we're, we're gonna be good and they're gonna be set up for success. Like what so you mentioned marketing finance, like what were the key areas that you've invested in? This podcast is proudly partnered with Source Breaker. Now the other week I had Holly Bird on the podcast that actually uh, uses Source Breaker herself. So what I'm gonna do is just share with you a very quick snippet on how Source Breaker has massively helped Holly get even more out of her business development activity. Now, right now you might think I don't need to do business development, but trust me, the best recruiters right now are doubling down on business development. They want to have the best jobs to take to the market. And the best recruiters will not let off on building pipeline, building relationships. So being able to save time, easily see what uh, companies are recruiting in your space, um, all in a centralized um, location like Sourcebreaker will be of massive benefit for all of you. So if you still haven't checked out the Sourcebreaker tool, use the link in the show notes, get yourself a no pressure demo and see how it can help you and your teams. But here's Holly sharing how she uses Sourcebreaker and how it's massively helped her with her business development.
2: The way that I use Sourcebreaker to my advantage is is predominantly on on the BD side because what it can pull through based on like a Boolean search are a load of job leads that I wouldn't get Mm -hmm. from just looking on LinkedIn, for example.
0: Or it'd take you like, million years to find it like go through them all in
2: it so as long as you've got a good boolean on there it pulls through a, a good amount of results mm. that are quite accurate and then you can save them to a pipeline actually on source so it's a good tracking we'll
0: see it in one place. technique
2: as well yeah you can see it in one place you can move it for the process and you can keep mm. a really good log of what you've done what you need to do and it almost like just centralizes all of the information rather than having a spreadsheet a linkedin open yeah, yeah, yeah. written it down on your paper it just brings it all together which makes it a lot more organised? Yeah um, c- kind of all of them I know that's the easy question but, but our internal processes as well and, and we, we still haven't finished that journey so at the moment we're looking to hire our first back office internal person um, so we're looking for an ops manager to pull together all of those processes get get into mine and Tim's minds and take everything out of there and put it into an operational you know structured process but I mean marketing is a big one for us both me and Tim are, are, are really keen that our perception out to market is, is as strong as you know the perception that people have who've engaged with us so we we um we hired a, a marketing uh, guy jake internally uh, who has been fantastic and then alongside outsourcing uh, alongside of that to our, our digital agency and uh, another marketing partner so marketing from a branding and so
0: so marketing's been a lot you've been invested in marketing's
2: been key um crm so we were on a crm that wasn't really sort of fit for our needs so you know analyze the market and uh yeah, chose, uh, chose VinCherry, which has been fantastic for us. So, um, so, so that's been great, pulling together, again, the internal processes. Um, but then moving away, as we've grown out our contract offering, um, moving away to an outsource finance provider that... Manages, um, you know, paying bill on contractors, timesheets, um, taking that all away from from us having to do it, as well as all the payroll and back office and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, three, three separate things. There In, internal CRM that is the the heart of everything that goes on from a sales perspective, marketing for external, and uh, and, and finance for obvious reasons.
0: Okay, and then what I'm interested in. So, am I right in saying? Then you said, so Kaz, you've spent time on development. Like, is that like for a consult, like someone that joins your business, what their journey looks like at interview, Is that right?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think what's important is uh, anyone coming into any business at any level needs to know that, you know, where can they go? What's the, what, what's the path look like? How can they develop? What training do they get? You know, who are they going to be surrounded by? Um, you know, make sure there's no ceiling, right? And uh, like Tim said, as a business, you know, through COVID, we looked at our business inwards, opposed to outwards. Outwards, we were great. Loads of clients, loads of business, really successful, catch rich. Inwards, it was like, mm, okay, well, we're... Tr- probably wearing too many hats. We're doing a bit of marketing, bit of branding, you know, we're doing the finance ourselves. It was like, right, let's just outsource the areas that are is us down. Um, allowed us to look at, you know, our company in terms of, you know, where are not necessarily the failures, but what need more enhancement and development, right? And, uh, you know, we need to put an onboarding structure training development plan, which we've done now for trainees, what we've done for consultants, what we've done for leadership and management. Okay. So, you know, um, it's been brilliant. You know, um, it's, it, it's early days and far from the finished article, but um, um, you know, we are still a nine-man business or a, a nine-man and women business, but, uh, you know, it's it's been really successful. We've had three new starters over the last six weeks. Uh, feedback's been really positive in terms of the onboarding and the initial sort of training and development, but I think what's really key for us is to, to have that clear, concise message, yeah, from the top, so everyone knows exactly, you know, what our business is, what we specialize in, where we want to go, and what the strategy is to do that. And let's face it, you know, if you're hiring people in, whether it be a trainee or a senior consultant, they are part of making that strategy work. They're part of going on that journey with us. So if they don't see it, buy it and are committed to it, it's not going to be, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, you know, we're all about that, bringing people in together, and making decisions collaboratively to, you know, to, to, to buy into that.
0: No, I love that. So, so Kaz, just just quick one. As we were saying before we started, right? I think a lot of agencies right now see the opportunity that they have to place the jobs that they have. Like they've got jobs coming out their ears, and and really uh, sort of, there's a lot more trainees coming into the market, right? And one of the most common things that I hear from young professionals as to like what one of their main drivers is or motivations is is progression. Like, yes, the good earning potential incentives, all of that. But as you just said, if I can join in interview sit down with you and you go, right, this is where we are today. This is where we're going. And this is the part that you can play. And if you do these things, this is where you can go. So I think this is where sometimes I think a lot of smaller growing agencies fall short because they may think, oh, we'll, we'll think about a career plan or whatever when we're 15 people, 20 people, right? So can I just ask you, you don't have to go for like day by day, but what did your like i guess what did it look like before a rough art picture of like what did it look like if i joined the interview what did it maybe look like in terms of my onboarding what might the structure look like and then two what does it sort of now look like again don't have to go into like day by day but like, what does it now look like? If I join, how long is the onboarding? How have you mapped out the career journey? Have you got like a sort of leadership path with what people want to go down that? Have you just got like a billing path? I think that would be really helpful for people.
1: I could probably talk for an hour about that. But um, <laughs> look, what, what, what you'll get to know about me is I'm really transparent and honest, right? So two, when we first started two years ago, we didn't have any onboarding. It's the truth, okay. right? We, yeah. didn't have, we didn't have That'd an onboarding really process. That'd be really right? common. Just, just being honest, right? You know, and, and we hired people that we knew, that we worked with in the past, that we trusted and liked and knew that we'd be able to come in, slot in into our market into our business and make money right so we kind of sort of by default didn't have to worry about the sort of ongoing training program because we knew these people and you know they were trusted and liked to us so yeah first couple of years was just yeah just doing what we've always done for multiple businesses right so like i said earlier when we actually looked at our business inwards and how we want to be seen from the outside of looking in and how can we make our business repeatable and scalable you know and appealing to all levels Whether it be a trainee or a senior recruitment consultant, we've now put that in place. So I think it starts from the very beginning, the moment they walk through that door. You know, for us, both Tim and I, and you know the current leaders within our business, we want to make sure that that is cemented the moment they walk through that door that they have made the right decision. Yeah. So we have an interview process which is two, three stages, sometimes longer. You know, and then suddenly they've got notice to serve. You know, and let's face it, they could be sitting there, you know, worried, thinking, have they made the right decision? Have they? Not or just super excited about walking through. So that level of excitement needs to be absolutely maintained the moment they step through. So their journey starts at that induction. So, God, I won't go step by step, but you know, once you've done all the housekeeping, right? You know, for us, we do a big presentation. Yeah. Around, uh, um, you know, uh, our why, how we do it, what we do, our journey, our team, our division, our clients, the future and how he or she will play a part in that. And that's not just a stand up. Let's chat for five minutes. You know, that is a two hour presentation on almost, like I said, cementing why they accepted and are excited about joining us. And uh, um, we could go and you know, all the bits about profiling, pre-screening, candidates, you know, uh, how to map and build a market and a division. All of that is implemented and it's all sections. It's all categorised. But instead of stick, we're not old school, sort of large, aggressive recruitment. Um, I don't want to name names, but it's kind of like we don't stick people in the meeting room for two weeks and then go, right, Go.
0: Going to smash the phones,
1: yeah yeah, 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 no, exactly. You know, it's it's ongoing development and training, and you know, generally they will start doing delivery off the back of our existing customers and positions that we have. But we will then, with them, carve out a path that is either going down a super biller route, or a team lead, or a building a practice which involves um, still staying within our core cloud and IT infrastructure, but building a market out of what we've already got in place to then you know hopefully go on to be you know ad director and then head of perm head of contracts. yeah
0: yeah nice so you've mapped all that out the different routes yeah
1: yeah, That's class. everything is, you know, the, the roles and duties and responsibilities, each step of the way is mapped out, but the onboarding training development is a separate mapping document, if you like. So they can visually see the moment they walk through this door, you know, what they're involved with. And it doesn't involve, like I said, sitting in a classroom, watching a video or talking to a non-biller that doesn't know how to recruit. And then in two weeks time, giving the postcode, go for the database, pick a client up, sound really rubbish. You know, we want to nurture who we hire Yeah, and make them sound knowledgeable, credible, become a specialist in our niche. Yeah. So when they do go out and start attacking the market and start building out a network, whether it be candidate, client or both, they sound credible, knowledgeable. And you know what? And get excited about it. You know, be excited. We want, you know, we want people to be excited about coming into interview and becoming a specialist in our market. You know, we live and breathe it daily. So, you know, we'll do everything in our power to get them to that point. And if it's not structured and it's not mapped out and we aren't all committed together and we can visually see that, how can we possibly you know uh, get the best results yeah i love that thanks for sharing that It's one of
2: our key values, isn't it? love, love our niche, but yeah we've we matched out the two different routes whether it's the recruitment consultant with sales and bd or it's the recruitment consultant without sales both are just as valuable uh, nowadays i mean back in the day it was you know just throw 360s at it and grow your business but you know, you know we have the we have the sort of i suppose what you what you call the 270 uh, model and the 360 model, all, and the 180 model, all running in tangent, uh, and then there's the super biller route, or there's the you know billing team leader and, and growing a team route. So yeah, we have both of those documented and structured, and you know each step of that journey uh, documented on the uh, on, on the interview team, site open for everyone to see and uh, and the goals to attain to step up on all of those different journeys.
0: now Kaz, thanks for sharing that. I think I think that'd be really helpful for people. So so Tim obviously what would what be keen to get your thoughts and then casfield to um add to it as well so obviously that journey then that you were just talking about it's safe to say that there's a lot of first in there right doing things for the first time mapping these types of things out obviously tim i've always seen you at a, a little networking event mate yeah love like right, showing yeah, up with yeah. there so the, the the question i have for you because it's a really common one i get from agency leaders is like have you ever gone down the path of getting help if that's maybe an ned or getting an Advisor, or whatever like obviously these things that you might have obviously looked to get help with what's been your journey with that because a lot of people ask me he should be great if you could ask agency owners like how they've gone about getting a good ned or how do they do that and these things like did you go down that path at all yeah
2: i mean are we, are we mentioning names and networks and things here or
0: such yeah well you you tell me like whatever you want to share that that's, ha- that's helped you
2: we're great recruiters and we're great leaders but you know we've, we're running a business for the first time whilst we've run businesses within businesses you know we're not so arrogant to think that we know everything about everything so yeah we, we definitely reach out for help when when required and um you know we've we've lent on a few different people we've 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 met some Some individuals, but um, I mean, probably worth mentioning the recruitment network at this point, James uh, James Osborne, Gordon Stoddart. I mean, we've been members with them for a a long time. So we lean on them, you know, regularly for, you know, advice. And then the rest of the network, I mean, like you say, networking events, you know, other business owners and business leaders. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a few that we liaise with on a regular basis and, you know, we go to for support and we're happy to share as well. So, you know. Yeah, it's like collaborative. It's not like one way. But back in the day, it was like, you know, there was always that kind of, I don't want to see any other recruiter, or, I don't want other recruiters to know what I'm doing, yeah, yeah. you know, that was so, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, but... Yeah, sharing what we do with with others and, and and learning from others along the way. So you know, there's a few businesses that we really rate and, You know, we yeah, not try and copy, but you know, learn from what they're doing well and then put the interview stamp on it. You know, then we're members of members only and uh, and rec wide as well. Um, you know, that's how, how we met yeah. you at you know industry events and all that kind of stuff. So. So, has been quite organic then? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just developed over time. So, I mean, you know, we're, and we're friendly guys. So, you know, we, we, we network quite well um, in the industry, hopefully now. So, you know, they, if we don't know something, we you know, we are quick to, you know, go out and lean on a, a network and, and, and find that out. But, yeah, Recruitment Network, James Osborne, Gordon Sutter have been, you know, fantastic, particularly in the last year as we're... The doing recruitment in a room with other recruiters helping us facilitate further, that that's easy. But putting in scalable growth plans, you know, they, they've been uh, invaluable uh, over the last sort of 18 months
1: or so. uh, Look, I mirror what Tim said. I mean, it, we, we've absolutely utilised, you know, uh, uh, additional strengths around us. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. You know, like we said earlier, when you asked the question, what advice would we give to an up and coming consultant that want to be a super builder? Well, go to you know, the best consultant in that company and ask them. So, you know, if we're looking at other businesses that are slightly further on that journey, you know, that have built a decent, professional, you know, recommendable business, why would we not go and pick their ideas and, uh, um, you know, lean on other people that have done it before and done it well? For, For me, that's smart. Yeah, we're gonna put our spin on it. We've run and built multiple divisions in various businesses and all have been successful. But yeah, why would we not lean on other areas that you know perhaps is slightly out of our remit or we haven't had experience of and uh yeah, see if we can then uh yeah, use what's around us. So yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, whether that's small stuff or big stuff, isn't it? I mean whether it's just finding advice of who, who can create you in new terms of business. I mean that's not a massive thing, but you know, go to someone who've used a few people before and you know, get get a jump on
0: that. Yeah, you know, so that mindset that Kaza just said has meant that you're in different places, you can get advice different things so it's just that open-mindedness to be teachable or yeah be willing to take advice from other people and then you can tell that to different parts of your business yeah
2: and then you know podcast your podcast i mean i'm listening to lots of different people's podcasts and you know you, these sorts of things i mean you know i learned from you know your podcast as well sometimes. yeah i love that so cool so like coming to the coming to the end here
0: so a couple of things Kaz, to you then, obviously, it seems like since 2020, it's been quite pivotal in, in your business journey. So if we were to just think about maybe what, like the last year and a bit, a year and a half, so like if we think from COVID to like now, for you personally, what's been like one of the biggest learns that you think you're going to take or continue to take with you moving forward in your business, personally, professionally? What are some of the things that you really, I know you're someone that takes tries to take the positives from things? What's been one of the main things that comes up for you that you really learned in this journey that we've been on, all on that you're going to really take w- with you forever moving forward professionally or personally?
1: Okay. So so I've learned loads. There's no quick answer to that honestly. You know, but what I will say is what I've learned, what I've challenged myself on is probably what I want to answer is, okay. is I've le- I've learned to let go more. Yeah? Nice. So so I'm one of those guys that tried to do 101 things all the time myself because I've always had that mindset of well if I know it and can do it and I can do it well I'll just do it but actually what that started to do was stopping me from looking at the wider picture the bigger picture where do Tim and I want to go as a company how do we scale how do we grow where do we outsource all the things that we've discussed today you know internally from a sales perspective you know how can I progress and develop my staff they are key yeah our staff are key to the success of interview me and Tim you know realized after year 2 year 3 we can't grow this business ourselves Yeah, we need to hire top talent in. And when we get top talent at any level, we need to nurture, build, grow and develop them, okay? So we need to stop doing everything ourselves, okay? Even though, you know, we still love recruitment and we still want to be part of it and we want to bring business in and make money. But actually over the last 12 months, since we started to develop more, Internally, letting go, letting these guys take accountability for their own actions in terms of whether it be more candidate care, whether it be more client exposure, you know, starting to win business themselves. Because, you know, we have been very lucky uh, and we've made that luck throughout success over the years of just living and breathing this market. 85% of our business is exclusive. You know, we work with top leading tier number one MSP solution providers. And actually, our business has been very top heavy delivery where, you know, it's been great, but since off the back of COVID, we've now nurtured internally and given these guys more accountability. And what's come off the back of that is we have had a complete uplift, yeah, in talent. And it's been sitting right in front of us. You know, guys and girls have been coming out of their shell and taking more responsibility, more accountability, making more money, taking more ownership. And you know, organically, that's developed them. And then we put a plan in place to take them on that journey and develop them further. So yeah, love it. In short, but not so short. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's great.
0: Letting go. I think that that would be really po- uh, common for people. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That, Good on you.
2: Succession planning. We're creating succession planning and putting the right people in the right places. Um, yeah, and, and that's just yeah. maturity as a business. We didn't need that before what we needed two years ago is very different to what we need now but ultimately people's development and giving them stuff to strive to that's what we've really nailed in the last 12 to 18 months mate. i love
0: that so let's wrap this up then tim what, what are you most excited about mate like I, I can sense like the journey that you guys have been on the hard work you put in what let, let's finish it there like what, what are you excited about what are you excited about the future of you? what does that look like
2: just, just everything. It feels like we're just at the beginning as well. So yes, we're five years in. You know, we we, we had uh, a bit of a delay because of, of COVID in terms of growth. But I mean, it feels like we are only just starting now. So you know, years one to four was yeah, me and Tim in a room doing recruitment. You know, getting cash in the bank and making sure we can work together. I mean, that's been a no, you know that's been pretty pretty straightforward. But you know, we we, we kind of are building improv from here forwards. This is where it starts. This is the scalable, exciting point where we turn ourselves from a you know, really successful startup into a, you know, a, a really exciting scale-up business. So that's the excitement for me. You know, it's begun with the onboarding of the three people that we've hired in the last six weeks and it continues to to develop from there. So I'm looking forward to this time next year when we, you know, say we don't want to renew the lease on this office and, you know, we have a leadership team and we all agree that we want to push on to the next office in the future from there. So that for me is what's exciting.
1: Love it. Kaz, what about you, mate? Oh, uh, how much more there is to do? <laughs> You know, Tim, Tim, Tim said absolutely perfectly there. You know, we've only scratched the surface. We've only just started.
0: Yeah. yeah? And what, what a great feeling, right? Five years in, then you feel like, you know what? We're just fucking uh, starting. Abso- Let's abso- go.
1: Abso- absolutely. Let's do it. Let's go. And it, and it is the people that we hire right now that are going to make that difference to our business and transform it. Yeah. I'm going to finish up by saying, someone said, do you want to be a lifestyle or do you want to be a scale up business? And, and we don't want to be a lifestyle business. We could be a lifestyle business. Right now, and just sit here and just have a couple of guys delivering the roles that we work, pay our mortgages off in you know God knows how many years, and and but that's not what we want to do. You know, we're hiring top talent, you know, at all levels to come in and be part of this journey. It's going to be super exciting, and uh, yeah, I just can't wait to see it just transform into that next you know number one leading cloud native infrastructure technology recruitment company. So yeah, love it. Watch this space. Love Let's it. Let's go,
0: Tim and Tim. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so <laughs> much. Brilliant. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well done on making it to the very end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I've done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career. Like always, if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. The best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Send me a message. What would you love me to cover with future guests? If you have enjoyed the podcast,